Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we are live with the Standing Room Spartans podcast for the, uh, I guess, post 4th of July, as you're listening to this. We are one day pre 4th of July as we're recording this. So happy 4th of July weekend to everybody. If you're listening to this, uh, hopefully you're somewhere up in northern Michigan or I went on a boat somewhere or enjoying this somewhere other than a commute to work, I guess is my wish for all of you. Uh, but I hope everybody has or had a safe, fun, enjoyable uh, Independence Day weekend. I got my co-host back, Scott. Uh, how we doing on this uh, Saturday afternoon, morning? Morning for me. Um, doing good. I'm back. Excited to be back. I missed an exciting episode last week. Um, apologies to the listeners that I couldn't give my takes on uh, Kate and Hauser and everything else. But yeah, another exciting one. And I all kicked off this week. Uh, Elite 11 was this weekend. So yeah, excited to dig in. Yeah, there's some NIL stuff that we'll hit on. We'll kind of get into the national stuff and and then narrow it down to an MSU uh, kind of focused. What kind of players would have really cashed in in MSU football in the last you know handful of years? Is there anybody that sticks out there? Um, are there any current MSU players? There's a few of them who have definitely uh, started some deals, who have gotten some sponsorships, who have sent out some tweets. We'll, we'll hit on all that kind of stuff. Um, we got a, a scheduling change for MSU football. We got uh, Kaden Hauser, who's out there just ripping up the Elite 11 final, um, which has been all over Twitter, which is fun. So we'll, we'll make sure we hit on all of that. Before we do... Uh, to, to start off this podcast was something that I had seen come across the, the timeline and I, I quote tweeted it because I was like, you know, I just want to keep this bookmarked for the podcast because it was a list of, I guess is, this is the Olympic sports or just sports in general that are ranked by difficulty. Now, obviously that's pretty subjective. Uh, the top 10 here, I guess I'll just roll what, what they have on the list. So number one, boxing, number two, ice hockey, number three, football, number four, basketball, number five, wrestling, number six, martial arts, number seven, tennis, number eight, gymnastics, number nine, softball slash baseball, number 10, soccer, uh, the bottom five, I guess, to, to add in the last place was fishing. Then you had billiards, 
um, shooting, bowling, curling, archery, all down there. This is from Unbiased America Sports, which I've never heard of, but they got a list out there. It uh, it went a bit viral. So, Scott, when you roll through this list, did you have any immediate thoughts? Because I know I did. Well, yeah, first of all, I'm still trying to decide if this is just a master troll job or if they legitimately tried to put this list together because there's some that stick out as as highly questionable tennis being harder than gymnastics um, sticks out. I mean, at the end of the day, every sport is as hard as you make it, you know, relative to your peers, but it it took my mind back to a few episodes ago, we did like, your, what would our best and worst Olympic sport be? And I said I would not touch boxing because I would just get demolished. And it was number one on this list in terms of difficulty. And I picked archery as my sport, which was the sixth easiest. So I guess I was, uh, according to this list, off to, off on the right track there. But um, yeah, like I said, I mean, any sport can be as hard as as you know you make it and your competition makes it. But shout out alpine skiing, number eleven ranked by difficulty. I was an alpine skier in high school. So quick, uh, quick plug for the skiers out there. Yeah. I guess like it, it might change the list depending on like, is, are we talking difficulty to just pick up and do it somewhat effectively? Or are we talking to be an elite person at it? Because like I look at golf, which is number 51 on the list, like getting to a point where you are an elite golfer is incredibly difficult getting to the point where you're a halfway decent golfer is incredibly difficult. So that one stuck out to me behind horse racing. Like, I don't know, maybe the jockey has a harder job than I think he does, but the horse is the one doing all the work. Like he's just a driver. (laughs) I can't imagine that being a horse racing jockey is more difficult than being a golfer uh, that one stuck out to me. Some of the ones up top, like, I don't know, football number three, we're a football podcast. I don't think football is the third hardest sport out there. Like it's, it's something that certain positions, maybe yes. Being a quarterback is extremely difficult. Um, being an offensive lineman is extremely difficult. Uh, but there are certain positions out there. Like if you're a wide receiver and you have a certain genetic, you know, advantage over others being a wide receiver i it's not that hard like you know being one of the best of all time or something sure but to be an effective wide receiver if you have the athletic kind of prerequisites um yeah I would, like when you compare it to being a great martial artist or being a great gymnastics player like i i wouldn't really put it up in that category so I don't know. Yeah, if you think like if you take the athlete out of like compare two sports, let's take football and gymnastics and you take the athlete from one and put it in another. Like I think most gymnasts could be a pretty effective football player if they were given their choice of a position, you know, like you're going to get like running backs, probably um, kick returners, uh, stuff like that. But if you take a football player and put him in a gymnastics competition, it's going to get <laughs> ugly, like really quick. I mean, sure. DK Metcalf can do all kinds of things, but I don't think he can do like a triple. I pardon me. If there's any gymnastics fans out there, I don't know the lingo, but a triple flip twist on a vault, you know, like, you know, it's, what it's would just be not hilarious is we talk about like the, the Olympics of like, 
the 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 common thing is like oh they should have just a normal guy from the stands as kind of the uh the case study or or the what's the word for it like the the sample you know whatever yeah um and just to see how great these other people are compared to this but you know what would be funny is is like an offensive line going through the gymnastics like you got I don't know, like some 340 pound dude on the pommel horse. (laughs) There's probably somebody out there that would surprise us. Like offensive linemen often are the guys that will surprise you with their athleticism. But that being said, you never know when you could get that scene from old school where the, uh, where the dude does the, the flip at the end to, to keep the fraternity house eligible or whatever the forgot that Orlando Brown, but Orlando Brown on a balance beam would <laughs> yeah. be an all-time, all-time sight. If it's anything like his combine, it would be uh, must-see television. Yeah. No, there there were some good ones on here that I had to mention. But, yeah, like, I don't know, even table tennis. Like, when you watch some of those, like, high-level table tennis guys, like, for that to be 47 on the list, like, I could train my whole life. There's no way I'm competing with those guys. No chance. No. Yeah. Fishing. Fish, I was just going to say fishing. fishing being the bottom is probably accurate. And I don't like, <laughs> I'll give them I'm not one. typically like the, what is a sport gatekeeper, but like fishing, I think I draw the line above fishing billiards <laughs> again. Somewhere. Like you don't, you have to, for it to be a sport, like it has to require like one athletic trait, right? right? Whether it's speed, strength, agility, quickness, jumping like whatever it has to like it has to have at least one thing in it and fishing billiards yeah pulling the reel like um yeah i'm not buying driving the boat yeah (laughs) getting that net down there no fishing's great love fishing but uh, yeah i don't know um but yeah the olympics the reason we bring it up will be kicking off in i don't know roughly three weeks i think so near the end of this month i'm stoked i don't Exciting know if our sports listeners... summer compared to most you got you got the european football chip like soccer championships if if most folks are watching that i don't know but i am and it's been a blast olympics coming up yeah compared to most sports summers and what's the countdown down to then football's right on its heels we're at like 62 today so 61 60 as the people are listening uh, 63 yesterday was Travis Jackson. Before them, you had the Allen brothers. Um, I wanted to put in because I had Jack Allen was 66. Brian Allen was 65. Matt Allen was 64. But unfortunately for Matt, uh, Blake Treadwell was also 64. And that's one of my favorite MSU players from the D'Antonio era. Somebody who you know, switch sides of the ball. He started games on the defensive line his first couple of years, switched over to offense, played guard, and, and was an all-Big Ten guy. Just kind of one of those, like, football dudes dude. Um, all-time. What, uh, what number were you, Kevin, in high school? I was number 85. Uh, yeah, I was 83. I was going to say we should Mostly get a guest appearance on this. slash quote-unquote wide receiver, but uh, yeah, mostly I was... a kicker, number 85. I was also a position drill wide receiver, but that's about as far <laughs> as my wide receiver experience got me. Um, yeah. I had a pretty decent high school kicking career, but um, 
yeah, not 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 one that took me to the next level. I I think realistically I could have played D2. I definitely could have played D3. I I probably could have played D2 if I wanted to. It was just a matter of like sports were never like that competition was never that important to me. Like I'm a competitive guy, but I'm, I'm not super drawn to it to the point where like, I'm going to choose my college based on me being able to kick a football. Like if I could have gone D one, sure. But, um, at that point I would have rather just gone to Michigan state and had a good time. And I did. Speaking of kickers and NIL, um, you could have maybe made some money and gotten a million impressions on a tweet <laughs> could have cashed uh, in for, yeah, for promoting a podcast. So. We missed our chance on that too. For for anybody who knows, we'll we'll just leave it at that because we don't want to promote competition. But uh, yeah, we we missed a chance on that one. So speaking of other MSU news, um, Katin, Kate, Kate, I'm sorry, Katen Hauser, <laughs> like Caitlin without the L, Katen Hauser because he doesn't lose. Um, he was in the Elite Eleven this weekend. Uh, Thursday through Saturday, I think. Um, looked pretty good. Kevin, I, I know there was a lot of clips going around Twitter, and of course we're probably only going to end up seeing the, the best of the best. But specifically day two, which I guess was like their pro day. They do like a pro day workout with all the all the quarterbacks. He had a really late slot, so I didn't even see anything about him until probably the next morning. Um, but he scored – I, I don't know how the score works 48 out of 50, which was tied for first for that day. A few other clips came out from the other days. Looks pretty sharp. Um, I know this is, you know, it's not live. There's nobody breathing down his neck and the, the wide receivers are running against no competition, but looks pretty good. There's a lot of hype around this kid already. So um, I know you touched on him last week, but any, any residual thoughts after seeing some of these clips come out? Yeah, I've listened to some of the 24-7 podcasts. I've been reading the articles. Um, I think it's really easy to get too wrapped up in it, as I think a lot of MSU Twitter has. I've seen comparisons to from Justin Herbert to Patrick Mahomes. I think we need to slow down on that. Uh, but I, I do think even nationally, there there are some writers that are talking about this is a kid whose rating is probably going to go up after this event. Um, basically how it works for, for those who haven't really been paying attention and have just kind of seen the headlines. This is the elite 11, obviously that accounts for 11 players. This is the kind of final test to see who those 11 guys are going to be. So there's 20 guys currently in Los Angeles, 20 quarterbacks in the, in the 2022 class, um, that are battling it out for those final 11 spots. Uh, by everything I've read, he has certainly put himself in a position to be one of those 11 guys. And for an MSU program, that's kind of on the rebuild. That's kind of just restarting things under a new coach. You know, we've, we've been talking ad nauseum about, you know, how do we get this recruiting back on track? Well, getting a quarterback signed that's in the elite 11 final, um, getting a lot of those national headlines, being the quarterback, you know, you're, you're kind of going to be the headliner as it is. So when your quarterback is the highest rated recruit is the elite 11 finalist is the, you know, on national stages like this, um, 
that's a good way to jumpstart recruiting. Uh, that's a good way to bring in wide receivers. That's a good way to bring in other positions to see like, Hey, well, you know, they, they must have something going on over here. So I, I think that's where it mainly comes down to for me is kind of the boost in general recruiting. Um, the clips are awesome, man. Like seeing him, the, the ball really pops off his hands. Uh, it, it really looks good, but you know, again, we have to take into consideration he's thrown against air. I haven't seen any of these clips being against defensive backs that are playing. So let's slow the hype train a little bit for those who are, are pumping that. But um, I, I think it is exciting for the program as a whole to, to just kind of get a guy on the national stage to, to help jumpstart uh, Mel Tucker's recruiting, and especially at the quarterback spot. Yeah, I think that's the main takeaway for me as well, is just having a guy that the program and the fans can be excited to look forward to seeing in green and white at the quarterback position. Um, <laughs> we talked a little bit before we started recording about the fact that our uh, impression of quarterbacks might be a little bit skewed because of uh, the QB play we've had last year and, and over the years. I mean, we had Lewerke, uh, but we had some guys filling in around Lewerke that uh, were, were frustrating. And I think MSU and even really... Lewerke was up and down. Like he, yeah. he started and then just kind of plateaued. There were some injuries, but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we haven't had a quarterback that I think the whole fan base has felt good about since cook. And that was, you know, now six years ago. And even Connor Cook, he was not uh, a big name recruit that you know everybody in the program was pointing towards. You know, this he guy's wasn't even the starter to start the Rose Bowl year. <laughs> he took over for Andrew Maxwell, who ironically was a four star recruit, rated higher than Caden Hauser. <laughs> um, take that as you will. So no, I mean we were going through like the top quarterback recruits in MSU Damian Terry. history. Damian Terry was up there. Jeff Smoker was actually a five-star and he had a pretty good career. Yeah. Yeah. He had a nice um, career. He made his Messiah, way to the NFL, but Messiah DeWeaver was up there. Yeah. Drew Stanton was a pretty good recruit as well. All these guys are ranked higher than Caten Hauser currently is now. So all that to say, he could be the next Jeff Smoker, Drew Stanton for MSU could be the next Andrew Maxwell for MSU. You got to give these guys some breathing room to come into their own and, and see what they look like in you know, college football. So we'll pump the brakes a little bit, like you said, but, um, but yeah, I think it's great for recruiting. It's great for especially offensive recruits considering Michigan state to think, okay, are they going to have a quarterback who's going to make this offense roll? You know, I want to go to a school where their, their quarterback and their offense is going to be able to hum and be able to put up points. So do they have a guy in the center of it? Who's going to, who we can build around. And I think that this is a guy that, future recruits can look at, you know, 23 class, 24 class and say, yeah, this guy looks pretty good if he's at the helm, you know. Um, and from John Bosco, like a national kind of program in the high school mm-hmm. ranks too, which, which also helps. Yeah. And, and it really, there was a lot of excitement from the 22 class recruits on Twitter, which I loved Gavin Brocious, always active on Twitter. He was excited. Ma'anateote, who is not a 22 guy, but 21 guy was really excited about it. Kind of that West coast pipeline, um, and again, it's just building this national footprint of recruits and now starting to get a high profile recruit. Uh, there's a couple other big names that we're still targeting in this class that hopefully over the next couple of weeks, we'll get some news around. Um, I like where this is headed. I, I talked to you a little bit about it um, just in terms of the momentum and the feel around the program right now. And it, I mean, we're going to have to win games. It always comes down to that. And if we have terrible season after terrible season it, it doesn't really matter what the recruiting rankings are or what the vibe of the program is but 
Uh, but right now, all things considered, I think I, I love where Mel Tucker's taking the program on a recruiting and just marketing the program perspective. I think they're doing a phenomenal job and hopefully that will translate to some wins. Yeah. I mean, like, like you said, I mean, it's, it's all going to come down to winning games. So um, the hype is fun. It's fun to get active on Twitter, especially in the off season, but um, we're just going to have to prove it on the field. Uh, that, that just like, I don't know, it, it set off a little, cause you mentioned, you know, having to kind of deal with those expectations and the hype, like, because I was listening to uh, a national show the other day and it was mostly talking about the NBA playoffs, but it's, there's this whole narrative that like, Oh, this generation's soft. And there, I think there is something to be said about the players nowadays having to deal with social media, like players before it, I mean, especially in the college ranks, like you might have to deal with a newspaper article here and there from like what the Lansing state journal, but you're not really getting any sort of criticism. Yeah. Maybe when you walk down the street, somebody's going to yell something out to you, but these kids face hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people every single day that are in their mentions. And it's easy to say like, well, just don't pay attention to it, but that's not human nature. So I I think there is something to be said about like, these kids got it pretty hard, man. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you think about, I don't know if it made its rounds on Twitter. I don't know if how many people saw it, but MSU has offered a class of 27 player, <laughs> 26 or 27. He's a wide receiver safety QB. He's in like eighth grade. So he probably has no idea what position he'll actually play, but he could imagine, grow six inches. Until like, <laughs> imagine being in eighth grade and having football recruiting news articles being written about you people tweeting about you and you have four more years of people putting you under a microscope saying okay is this kid actually good let's see what and and every time you step foot on the field you're thinking or you could be thinking depending on how you how you handle that you could be thinking all right what are people going to tweet about me after this game and that's something that our generation did not have to deal with. You might have your buddy tweeting about you on Twitter, you know, same school, but that's just high school, you know, being in high school. Right. Um, and it's a lot of pressure, especially at positions of high visibility, like quarterback. Um, yeah. So I think these kids have to deal with a lot more now and you, you can see some of them get wrapped up and I mean, some of them handle it well, some of them kind of let it consume them. And it's just a, a pressure that I don't think anybody our age or older can really, um, comment on because we didn't and and people of our generation really didn't have to go through that same thing yeah we grew up in a in a kind of weird middle ground between pre-internet and post-internet like you know we we were both born in 94 and you know when when i was growing up i remember the days of dial-up internet where you can't use the the phone and the computer at the same time and it took like eight minutes to load an image. I, I remember those days. And I remember MySpace. And I remember like kind of the start of Facebook. Like we we were middle, like, I don't know, middle school, whatever it was. Yeah. We were like young-ish kids at the start of MySpace or at the start of Facebook and MySpace, I guess. And so like we kind of have evolved through all this, but like, 
at the beginning, none of this, it wasn't this. Like it, it was all contained within your friend group. Now it's all national. Mm-hmm. It's all international even. Like it's, it's ridiculous yeah. how this stuff has grown since we were in the kind of dawn of it. Which uh, will lead us to NIL and endorsements and using your platform and being an influencer, et cetera, et cetera, which we will get to in a second. Really quick, though, before we move on into that, because that will probably be our main uh, topic today, a quick note about MSU scheduling. So (laughs) um, came out, it might have been yesterday, which for those listening would have been Friday, Um, Boise State series next year and in 2023 has been canceled um and the washington series i think it was in like 28 and 31 originally has been moved up into that slot so we'll be playing them like mid-september them being washington we'll go out to seattle um next year they'll come to east lansing the year after kind of shades of the oregon series although i don't expect it to be as hype as you know that was um but um Yeah, I think the Boise series came at an interesting time. The news around it came at an interesting time because we had obviously flipped uh, Kate and Hauser a week or two before, and it was in the middle of the Elite 11. And, you know, he was at least around MSU Twitter making news. And it comes out that the Boise series was canceled. Um, (laughs) Read into that as you will. The sour athletic director. (laughs) Are they mad? Did they tell Mel Tucker, if you take our quarterback, we're not coming to play those games? Who knows? I don't know. But I love the Washington series. I think it has a higher upside and a lower risk than playing somebody like Boise. Boise, again, is it's kind of like that Louisiana series we we um, signed on a few months ago where if you beat Boise, yeah, it looks good. I mean, they're a good group of five team. It's nice to have it on your resume, but it's not going to be the difference maker of like making the playoff or not or whatever cusp you're on. And if you lose to Boise, it's like, ooh, like you're the power five team losing to the group of five, which isn't like a death blow. It's not like losing to an FCS team, but it is like, okay, this isn't really our season. If we're losing to group of five teams, like we're not it this year. Um, And that's just, it's like a small win, a lot to lose. Washington is a power five school. So if you beat them, you have a non-conference power five win. It's prominent. They've been pretty good the past few years. And if you lose, it's a power five loss. You can absorb it. You can move on. You can learn something from it. So I love the move. Um, Washington, it's a beautiful uh, facility. Kevin tweeted a picture of their stadium kind of the on the bay there, man. which I, I, I would love to seen. do that one day. And maybe this is the opportunity for that. But yeah, they, it's right on the bay there in Seattle, the stadium is. So they have the sailgating. So it's, you know, tailgating on a sailboat right next to the stadium. It's, it looks awesome. And awesome. especially when you get that early, you know, uh, early non conference slate, you know, Seattle in November, you're probably not sailgating, <laughs> but <laughs> you get it early September. Uh, you, you might have a pretty sweet trip there. So, yeah, for anybody that's that hasn't been to Seattle or has been thinking about doing it, that that might be a good time for it. How can we get MSU facilities to let us anchor a sailboat in the Red Cedar to do a podcast? <laughs> well, Just we- right behind Wells Hall by the dam there. Yeah, I mean, they have the, you know, the MSU sailing team, so we could leverage, you know, if if we know, we we could leverage a connection or two, I'm sure. Um, 
<laughs> that, that would be outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> Book it. Um, but yeah, so Washington next year, looking forward to that. We'll go out there first, which whatever. Um, that was really the only news. No, no big recruiting news this week. Um, nothing dropped in. There's a few high profile recruits. We're kind of waiting on decisions from a lot of them have said they want to make decisions in July. Um, Dylan Tatum seems to be back and forth MSU and Michigan. Alex Van Summeren is still out there and has been getting crystal balls to Michigan state. Uh, there's a couple more that are not coming to my mind as I just randomly speak from the, from the cuff here, but, but um, yeah, we'll obviously stay on top of that stuff, break it down when it comes through, but um, you know, you can sit here and look at recruiting rankings and <laughs> read the tea leaves as much as you want. We'll you wait until the news actually comes in. Days and day for knowing people who have gotten balls deep into recruiting, man, it's, it's a world that I've never really been that interested in. Like, I, you know, we've talked about in the pod before, like when people are, are committed to us, we'll definitely, I'll, I'll watch the huddle tape. I'll get excited about it. And even we, you know, we start getting some crystal balls on a, on a relatively higher rated guy. I'll, I'll check it out. It's, it's interesting, but yeah, the people who are following this stuff, you know, for the, the whole conference or for, you know, you and you're looking at class of 2023 guys that we just offered. Like, I don't understand how people have time for that. I really don't. Yeah. Shout out like Corey Robinson, two, two, four, seven. Like I was sitting there actually this morning thinking about what that, what his job would be like. Cause he's constantly liking tweets of regional recruits right. and stuff. And I'm like, do you have to just like have a Twitter, like your Twitter account is just, you follow every recruit in your region. I mean, like hundreds, thousands of kids and like, right. try to keep track of all that. And then, and then you're, you know, he's, and it's, it's one of those things where that's his job. So it's, it's a lot easier to justify it. I know people who do that without it being their job. So, but I, the, the other thing too, is like, I know I, we talked to him on the podcast uh, about this time last year. And he develops a, a relationship with a lot of these guys. Like he's texting them back and forth. He's calling them. He's talking to their parents. Even I've, I've heard stories about. And so like, are you, you know, when, when that class cycles through, you're not like unfollowing those kids. So now your timeline is just clogged up with, I don't know how these dudes keep it straight. Like I said, it's, you know, it's his job. So it's a lot easier to justify it, but um, you get the people who are just doing this as a hobby. I'm like, I don't understand. I, where do you find that time? Yeah, but um, but let's save some time here to get to the main topic. So, um, what would have been just a Thursday in the summer, July first, uh, became quite a day this week. It fun. was the kickoff of NIL, which uh, at the beginning of the day was awesome. Um, it was just newsworthy everywhere the by the end of the day i don't know about you awesome there was, I was jokes exhausted. there were there were you know sponsorships there were ads there were sponsored tweets there were tons of memes and jokes and video clips and it was just it was a good time but yeah it's <laughs> it was it was awesome exhausting a little bit by the end of the day more so the people like trying to break down like is this a good thing or a bad thing and i'm like just Let's just like give it some time, right. see what it actually is. And then I, we can decide, you know, I, there's, 
I've listened to some podcasts and I've read a lot about this and there's a lot of people who are, who are referencing the anti NIL people. I've, I've never encountered somebody who's like firmly anti NIL. I've heard some people, I've read some people who have brought up like, Hey, maybe there are going to be some unintended consequences, but I don't, I've never actually read or seen somebody who is like, this is bad. We can't do this. Like I've, I've never encountered that anywhere. So that, that was always kind of weird for me. I keep seeing this, like, Oh, these people who are against them. Like, is anybody really that against it? Cause I haven't right. seen that. I don't know. Yeah. I think the, the main, I guess, negative uh, viewpoint that I've seen isn't so much NIL is bad, but is NIL a slippery slope to right. the universities having to pay the players and, is that good or bad for the sport? That's not the point of this podcast. That's, I mean, you could talk about that ad nauseum. If it happens, we'll talk about it. Or if it starts to really gain momentum, we'll talk about it. But right now, NIL, I think it's awesome. It's I fun, think man. It's, it's just a lot of fun. These kids, the fact that they didn't have the rights to their name, image, and likeness was, I mean, it was screwed up to be, to be frank. Um, I don't see why the school should own these kids names. I mean, we can get into that as, as much as you want, but it's, I'm glad we are where we are now uh, from a, you know, a high level view, but yeah, it was, it was an interesting week. Um, I'll, so- I want to start with just kind of the caveat because I think we'll, we'll get into some of the kind of funner conversations, but like, it's, I think for me, the reality is that for, maybe even more of college football players, I guess, specifically, since we're talking, we're a football podcast. Um, If we took college athletes as a whole, probably a similar number. It's a pretty good deal what they got, you know, you, you got a free education at a pretty good university for most of them. Um, You got a ton of gear you have no expenses the whole time you're there. Your food is paid for your living arrangements paid for you. If you're on a good team, you can go to a bowl game and get a suite. Like you might go to the Bahamas for free. Like they got a pretty good deal going, right? It's the top 10% and probably realistically even less, but the top 10% who are kind of getting screwed out of it. Um, and, and maybe even just the top 1% who are really getting screwed out of it. And I think what you're going to see and what we've started to see is most of the guys that are going to take advantage of this probably aren't going to make that much money. You know, we're, we might be talking a couple hundred bucks a semester, really. I, I mean, that's how we, you get a couple of these dudes who've got a couple thousand followers on Twitter. He's a starting defensive tackle you know, he's not going to make that much money, but in the end, again, this comes back to what you mentioned. Like he has the opportunity to actually make money off of his own name now, which it's like, hello, finally, that is a a reality. So are they going to make a ton of money? Probably not. Most of them. We'll talk about a couple of them who might, um, But the reality is, yeah, you might get a couple hundred bucks, which goes to beer money, which as a college kid objectively is awesome. Right. So whether, you know, don't talk down to you while you only made a hundred, like it's beer money, you're a college kid. 
it's great. That's a win. I was paying for, not that I was a college athlete, but I was paying for hot and ready's with change on yep. more than one occasion <laughs> in college. So anybody who says a hundred dollars here and there is, is, you know, something that I ignore. I, I had sidewalk slammers were a thing. Like we would get <laughs> drunk on $5 because it was only $5. And that was how broke we were You're in college. sitting there <laughs> doing, using your, you know, high school level algebra to calculate like the, <laughs> dollars or cents per ounce of alcohol you can afford in different <laughs> yeah. various forms of of alcohol i mean and it was for and for 271 milford it usually was 40s <laughs> we got pretty scrappy we definitely got pretty scrappy shout out to scott drip check the original 40 king oh in our God. friend group um god but, bless but yeah so man. yeah i mean it's not going to be you're not going to see Tiger Woods level endorsements for, you know, every college football player. You're probably not going to see those level endorsements for almost any college football player. Um, one thing it will do, it's going to encourage kids both in high school as they're looking at going to college and in college to really focus on building an audience, which you can tell. I mean, there's a plenty of nuance to that, whether that's good, whether that's bad. Um, yes. Now these players will have to consider what kind of audience and fan base does the school I'm going to provide me, but they were already doing that. It was just kind of an investment in their future. You know, if you're going to USC pre NIL, you're already thinking how much visibility is it going to get me? And once I turn pro, is that going to, you know, am I going to be able to cash in on that? That's not changing. It just means they can get, you know, they can profit from it immediately. And another interesting uh, point that I saw somebody make on Twitter was that, this is going to police itself. So yeah, that was, you, that was a really interesting point. Yeah. If you're signed on with, I don't know, Nike, a big brand Gatorade, like any brand really who's, who's concerned about their image um, and you screw up, you get a DUI, you get suspended, you, I don't know, get in a fight in a game, like all the typical things that unfortunately college students and college athletes get, wrapped up in once in a while and that and that coaches have preached against for it's his tale as old as time right the coach does hey don't do anything stupid keep your you know just keep focusing on your work work hard don't mm -hmm. do anything dumb but it's you know ah coaches telling me this you know whatever like right when you got to think about losing your your gatorade stipend for the semester it's a little bit more weight than thinking is coach going to slap me on the wrist and make me run a few extra sprints. And I'm not right. saying that's all coaches do when there's something serious, but um, it's just another incentive for these kids to, you know, keep it straight, you know, stay focused, stay out of trouble and it's going to police itself. So it's just like any other market, any other endorsement market like that. Um, so I think that's a healthy aspect of it, but um, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see, I mean, right now we're obviously in early stage NIL. It's going to be interesting to see how it matures and what it, what it is five years from now. It is wild to, to just kind of look at what, a, what it's going to look like in a few years. But you have like young kids who are, I think, so savvy with this kind of thing that we just don't, I, I don't think we give enough credit. And this is something that I've kind of thought about a lot in the last few days is that I think as a 
as a nation in general, as an older generation, I guess I should say in general, we've done a lot of kind of mocking the younger generation for caring so much about how many followers they have on Instagram or TikTok. And maybe it's just a case of like, they know what they're doing, man. Like these kids are, I've seen some of these tweets and I just never thought anything of it until NIL where you have the, you know, four-star wide receiver who's down to his top 12 schools. Like we've joked about this before, right? This is my top 18. And then he'll go through 18 tweets with a a Photoshop mock-up of him in a Virginia Tech jersey. Hokie Nation, what do you think? Like, should I come to your school? And then next week, he puts out the tweet with him wearing the, you know, Boston College. And they're just slowly chipping away. You got 100 more followers from this Virginia Tech tweet. You got 100 more followers from this Boston College tweet. You got to... And it's just kind of one of those, like, we sat back and laughed. We're like, oh, that's so stupid. Like, top 18. And it's like, wait a second. He's about to cash in on that, isn't he? Like, he knows what he's doing. Or somebody knows what they were doing and told him. Like, it's just so funny kind of looking back retrospectively at, like, wow, you know, that was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, this is kind of where – business even has been heading it's where's where's the people's attention and how can I get it for myself to cash in on that and like like you said we we like to dish on them for seeking that attention because I think a lot of our generation and previous generations viewed that as they literally wanted you know they were just attention hogs and they wanted as much of it as they could to to coax their ego but in reality attention now means influence and it means an opportunity and yeah. an audience and and I don't I mean honestly like you said I didn't really consider are these high school kids expecting NIL to be a reality and just just playing everyone right and I know I've I've started to think about this I'm like dude they are maybe like maybe it's just hey like that worked out well I don't know but maybe it's like these kids are way smarter than we are. Like, I well, yeah. I mean, know. you look at um, there was a survey, and I don't remember. Maybe it was you that showed this to me, somebody else. But it was like, what is the dream job, the common dream job for like high school kids now? In the top, it used to be like athlete or I don't know, president of the United States or like whatever. And now it's rock star, influencer on Instagram, YouTuber, podcaster, all these attention audience-based industries, if you will. And that's, that's like what the gen that generation is focused on. It's like, where can I get my slice of this pie? How can I, how can I get eyes on me so that I can cash in on it? And honestly, props to them because I would be lost in that world. And it's, and you know, what's hilarious about that is that we are 27, you know, like we're supposed to be young and like, right. We're like washed. (laughs) We're like, we don't understand any of this. Like what I feel like I'm already at the point of my dad, who's 60, who just really doesn't understand any of this. I like, I feel like I'm right there with them now. And I know I laugh at like some of my coworkers in my quote unquote real job. Like they struggle with like PowerPoint because they're an older generation and like, they didn't, 
grow their career on computers. Computers came halfway in and they had to figure out how to use all of it. When young guns like us were like, oh, it's PowerPoint. I've been using that since I was six and like it's second nature, you know? And that's now us with like, if you told me to like make a TikTok right now, just like, hey, go make a funny TikTok. I'd be like, is there like a I would have to spend anywhere? Like eight, right. I'd, I would spend like eight hours looking through like other TikToks and like, wait, yeah. wait. So what exactly is this? I'd, this is the stuff that's popular. This stuff isn't really like, I, I don't granted, get it. There's, there's <laughs> folks in our generation who are great at this too. I don't think you and I are like, are wherever social media gurus no. i mean we like you said we grew up with twitter and facebook and instagram and we know how to use all those it's just not really where we apply ourselves but yeah i'd be lost and i'm sure there's platforms i've never heard of and all that kind of stuff but yeah i mean these kids i i do think they know what they're doing more than we give them credit for it's become something they can monetize a lot earlier now for college athletes and uh yeah it's interesting so before we go forward in time too much. I want to take it back in time. Couple different topics. Um, we'll start with, I don't know if you want to do in our lifetime or just in recent memory, you can pick, but this is a common question that's been bouncing around Twitter. So which MSU, let's stick to football, which MSU yeah. football player in recent memory, you can take that as you will. Do you think relative to his peers would have capitalized most on nil so obviously back in the 70s the endorsements would have been smaller just the nature of the beast but relative to the other players and you know his peers who do you think would have been the name for msu football yeah like i mean if you went way back this is before my time but obviously still a household name like kirk gibson probably could have cashed in i I put this out on Twitter. Um, I guess I can read a couple of the responses since I, I had it up here a second ago um, of, of that question. Like there there's, I've, I've heard this a lot recently coming up on like the national side of um, you know, who would have Tim Tebow's name comes up. Obviously Reggie Bush's name comes up. We'll, we'll get into that. Johnny Manziel, um, Johnny Manziel. Yeah. But the MSU side is interesting because we, we've had great teams, but we haven't really had that like one player. So I put it out on Twitter, like which MSU football player would have made the most money from NL in your lifetime. Um, we had Kyle Magan, uh, said Kirk cause captain Kirk, just raking in Amway money or maybe TJ Duckett with a signature triple quarter pounder with cheese meal at McDonald's. <laughs> that was a good one uh td so tj dean nyc i don't know uh Shout he said nyc charles f and rogers uh somebody else responded that's the only answer uh alex seabass jalen watts jackson he could have cashed in for <laughs> for a minute there uh steven allen plexico burris uh nathan brooks uh jeff smoker uh, and I, I don't, this is before your MSU fanhood, but the, back in the day when Jeff Smoker was there, um, it was the Jeff Smoker to Charles Rogers connection and outside the Spartan stadium on the, um, the, the South entrance that is, uh, they had the huge banners where there's smoke, there's fire. And it, it had Jeff Smoker with like the smoke coming out of his hands. Um, he definitely could have made that into a t-shirt, which, which put it sold pretty well. Um, David Jackson looks like he's, he's in the older generation here. He said, Bubba Smith. 
Uh, Lorenzo White, Kirk Gibson. Uh, he threw in a, a more modern guy, Shalik Calhoun. Um, those were all good answers. I think Shal- Shalik Calhoun's a good one because he had that signature face mask. I yeah. think that that set him apart a little bit. Like, again, we've had a lot of great players, but not many of them have had any kind of one thing that set him apart, like as far as a marketability standpoint. So I have one name that I want to throw in the mix here that nobody brought up that I've seen. And I think we're ignoring uh, Tony Mandrich who finished. He was a Heisman finalist or at least top 10 in Heisman voting. No, He wasn't a finalist, but he was like, he finished sixth, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Sports illustrated cover. um, And just an enormous personality. And I think that's really important here. I was trying to think of guys who would have captured the national attention you know a what little bit I, more? You know what came across my mind is like I thought about Kirk Cousins, those mega churches. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> they got unlimited yeah, they money. Have cash. <laughs> they have um, unlimited money. That's an interesting one. Uh, yeah, Tony Mandrich, like imagine him with like in like a monster energy commercial. Oh yeah. Or you know, some just over the top, like he's sporting his mullet. He's got a cut off shirt on and he's just screaming out <laughs> of the television. I think he could have had some serious um, offers in there. Yeah. And he's just like, brands love the guy who's like, he breaks the traditional mold. He's not just like your, you know, QB one that everybody's got, everybody's got a QB one endorsement, you know, on their, on their athlete payroll, or everybody's got like the straight and narrow guy with the great smile. And, you know, you can put him on a product and everybody loves him. Like, yeah, you can go that route, but who's the guy who everybody loves to go. Yeah. You know, like that's <laughs> the guy who he has something different. I think Tony Mandrich would have been up there. Um, so yeah, that's like my... people mentioned Charles Rogers, but he was a pretty quiet dude. Like he, he didn't really get into whole, the whole media thing, even like later on in his career in the NFL or anything, he was a pretty private guy. So I, I, he was a, an outstanding player and definitely one of the bigger, like national names that MSU has ever had, let alone in the, in my lifetime. But he was just a pretty quiet guy, went about his business. So I, I don't really think that that would have been him. Um, yeah, Kirk Cousins with the mega church was the first one I thought. Le'Veon <laughs> Bell has yeah. a really big personality. Uh, didn't really show it as much at MSU, but I think if money were available, he is a guy who has shown time and time again in his NFL career that um, he will do a lot of things for the almighty dollar, including a really <laughs> terrible rap album. So <laughs> I think he would have been Shout one out for Le'Veon. sure. Yeah. So want to bring it back out to a national name. This is another one that's been getting a little bit of chatter, uh, on the Twitter verse, uh, Reggie Bush, Reggie Bush himself has come out and is kind of not so subtly, actually very <laughs> yeah. much directly telling the NCAA yeah. he wants his Heisman Trophy back. Um, and it's an interesting topic because you do have two camps right now. And it is, I mean, I think there's two strong arguments. The first argument being, all right, we've now acknowledged that it's, it is the right thing for players to have the rights to their name, image, and likeness. Um, but the other side of it is, at the time that Reggie Bush broke the rules, it was a rule and he did break it. So I don't necessarily want to get into like 
was the punishment too much or not enough? I really just want to focus on like now. Do you think Reggie Bush should get his Heisman Trophy back and his records should be put back on the books? So, yes. And the thing is, like, uh, we mentioned there, there's the Olympic um, track runner. Shikari Richardson. Right, who's in the news right now as well for – a positive marijuana test. And there's, I think two things can be true. There can be a stupid rule and there can be somebody who does something stupid and breaks the rule that they know exists. Right. And that's probably, you know, it's, it's a similar story in that sense with, with these two cases where it's like, all right, yeah, we can agree. It's probably a dumb rule, but you knew the rule and you still broke it and you still did something stupid. That said with Reggie Bush, there was nothing performance enhancing about it. There was nothing that affected the on-field play. I watched with my two eyes as a 10 year old kid, Reggie Bush annihilating the NCAA. And it was one of the most fun, maybe the most fun player that I can remember watching. Like you can't, take my memory away from me and that's where i guess i have had a problem with like every time the ncaa tries to do this does the whole like well that we're just going to take the title away or we're going to take the wins away or whatever it's like you can't really like louisville's basketball title i watched it happen i i (laughs) was there like you know and so that's where i'm just like it to me like the Heisman trust has already come out and said like they will give him the Heisman if the NCAA reinstates his records and it just I don't know it all seems kind of petty it seems kind of weird like the Heisman you have nothing to do with the NCAA if you want to give him his Heisman back just give him your Heisman back like it isn't why do you why are you making it contingent on the NCAA that that was weird to me but that's just where it comes down to. Like there was nothing performance enhancing about it and I saw it happen. So just, just give it back. We'll call it a day here. The one thing though is I, I heard this today. I literally today I was listening to uh, Dan Patrick. I, I'm not a hundred percent sure if this is true. He seems like a guy who usually doesn't, you know, report things that aren't. Um, there was something about basically like, he hasn't paid that money back like to this day. And that's kind of one of those, like I could see where somebody would say like, well, okay, if you paid the money back, then you would have a, maybe a stronger case, but he's trying to get the best of both worlds, which I think is interesting. But yeah, my ultimate view is like, I saw it happen. Just give it back to him. It's, it's all pretty petty at this point for me. Again, going back to taking advantage of the moment in the audience, it could just be Reggie Bush getting his name in the news wires again. Oh, you know, yeah. getting, I mean, I mean, that I struggle with it. 62,000 likes. So, yeah, <laughs> I struggle because it's in this case, it's easy to say, yes, he did all those things, but like, where do you draw the line? And what, uh, how much are you willing to give back? It's one thing to give an individual player a trophy and put his records back on the books it's another thing to reinstate wins that were taken away because like the fab five um they had a champion well they had banners taken away i was gonna say they never actually won but 
they, they had once the Fab Five left major accomplishments stricken from their record and and there's other scenarios like the Louisville basketball team right if you set this president of precedent of okay we're going to go back and and reinstate anything we took away because players got paid now you're taking potentially championships away from teams who didn't break the rules who were awarded i guess they didn't really award a championship right, right. it was just because like no nobody like vince young didn't get the heisman like true it, okay. it just got taken away and now there's nothing because the olympics are different in that way like th- when they take right. records or, or gold medals away they give the silver medalist the gold right um but in any event i think it's a weird precedent are you going to have like all the punishments that nobody really pays attention to anymore like ohio state troll prior like are they going to give those wins right. back for that season are they going to give i think are MSU you going to give jim trussell his job back <laughs> i think msu had some at the end of duffy darty's time no, it was uh perlis or no Perlis, the guy before perlis um blanking on names here but yeah we we've had a few wins taken away so yeah like do you, i don't think you can give wins back i think individual accomplishments are a little bit different um but i do think there should be some reckoning from the player's perspective as well you mentioned like giving the giving the money back miles bridges had a phenomenal tweet <laughs> this weekend uh he basically said at ncaa uh, can i get my 40 dollars back for i'm sure most msu fans remember that saga he had to sit out a game while they were investigating his dinner with a scout or something. I mean, I don't, I'm sure there's people who remember all the details better than I do, but um, yeah, it's, it's an interesting conversation. I'm glad we're past it now. I'm glad we can move on. I'm a little bit worried about this gray area that the NCAA has left where the programs are basically all writing their own individual NIL guidelines. I at least would have liked if it was the conference because now you've got like in the state of Michigan, and this is Michigan law as well, the starting like July 15th or 16th, the players have to disclose any agreements and any NIL agreements they're making seven days prior to entering an agreement. So seven day a week prior to signing a contract, that's not even doing the endorsement or whatever the deal is doing the ad, doing the promotion seven days before they even sign a contract, they're supposed to disclose it. Whereas I don't remember what it was, but another state, I don't remember which one was three days after you enter an agreement. Probably somewhere to... south of the Mason Dixon line, I would guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's, there's going to be a lot of gray area. And again, it's kind of in its infancy. I think it'll mature. I think states will align their rules. I think conferences and schools will align their policies. And I think at the end of the day, the NCAA will probably come out with their own policy once they kind of see where the water levels out yeah up to this Um, point it's just been wild west it's yeah and it's awesome it's like the early days of social media like everyone's using it in a different way right everybody's viewing it in a different lens and it's cool to see how big brands versus little podcasts versus the news versus programs are all approaching it in their own manner. And uh, we'll see what it turns into, but I think it's healthy for the sport. Um, I I think it's going to be really exciting to see some of these MSU players and let's take it to there. So um, current MSU players, the current state of the program, how do you expect this to impact this team and which players do you expect to be taking advantage of this the most? Yeah, there's, um, I, I think kind of going back to it again, like there, 
the reality is that most of these kids won't make a ton of money. Um, we were laughing before the podcast and not to throw a guy under the bus, but I'm very positive. This won't get back to him. Um, Jordan Bohannon, the, the shooting guard, I think for Iowa basketball, he's got his own logo and he's selling his own gear on his website. Um, he's signing autographs like, I I'm I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer here for Jordan Bohannon, but I I just don't think a lot of people care that much to go get the new Jordan Bohannon gear. It was like the second or third best player on Iowa basketball. I mean, there's just, there's a lot of stuff that's coming out now. That's kind of funny. Like, all right, Spencer Rattler quarterback for Oklahoma. He, he put out a logo. He's got a bunch of stuff going on. He's a whole brand, man. Like he, he was on that Netflix QB one show. Like he can cash in on a brand and a logo, but if some of these guys it's coming out, it's, it's kind of cracking me up, but um, I don't know. I, I don't really think there's anybody on the roster right now that could really cash in on that level. Uh, my favorite so far has been Kevin Wigginton uh, who tweeted out. He's got a sponsorship deal with uh, GoPuff. And uh, Kevin, I'll give you some free support here because, uh, you know, we, we share a name, I guess. Nothing better than some gushers after a week of hard work. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I should say, with GoPuff, there's no need to worry about a wait either. GoPuff delivers daily essentials in minutes, implying that gushers are daily essential. Uh, get $25 when you sign up. So that was just one that came across like, we're going to get some really cringy ads. Um, I'm waiting for the days that we start getting them on camera instead of via tweet. But um, there's some good ones. Anthony Rousseau, actually, I, it came across the timeline as we were recording this, um, tweeted out earlier today, like, does anybody know someone that can help me get discounted or cheaper flights needed ASAP? Like, I feel like that's going to be something that starts coming out, right? Like he needs cheaper flights. Like, all right, contact, uh, what are the, the fly Lansing, right? The fly Lansing scoreboard at MSU. Maybe they got a guy that, that can set up a connection. Like, um, yeah, there's a lot of tentacles that can come off of this, but I don't know. I, I don't think anybody on a current roster is going to be making a ton of money. Yeah. The only one that I saw from an MSU player that's really starting to like push his image, uh, himself is, uh, Jaden Reed. He, oh, I haven't seen see any logo? sponsored stuff, but yeah, he made a logo that was, it was like a combination of chosen one and JR. He should have gotten a little more consulting on that one. It looks like chosen junior. Right. Um, it very, it like, it's not even like at first glance, it's like at first glance, you're like chosen junior. And then you look at it for a second. You're like, yeah, chosen junior. And then you look at it for a little <laughs> longer and then you're like, wait, Oh, like, jr jaden reed and the the j is kind of like a one like ah, i get it if but you it, take chosen off maybe you got it, like his number and his right. initials and that's yeah, like it, a good it logo it takes you a good five seconds to to realize and and that's obviously not the sign of a good logo when it takes you that long to to figure out um, i do think though jaden reed um is the closest to like a brand archetype on the team right now 
Um, they, they did the whole thing when he switched to number one. Right? Yeah, that he seems to have a little bit more of that like star mentality. Um, whether he is a star or not is, I think, up for debate right now. But I think he's trying to put wear those shoes and see where it takes him. Uh, so shout out to him. But um, yeah, I mean, we'll see where this season goes. I think he's expecting to be the dude this year um, and we'll see, but yeah, right now, I, I don't know. I think it'll be smaller stuff, maybe some Meyer promos, maybe some, I don't know, crunchies. <laughs> yeah. We and, were uh, talking like, what would be, uh, you know, if, if you were an MSU football player right now, right? Like money aside, we, we won't talk about that, but what would be kind of the local, brand that you would you would be knocking on their door like hey you know i'm here i'd love to promote this i love your restaurant i love your clothing brand like what what would be the thing for you that you would love to promote so if quality dairy would give me just like unlimited free ice cream not that their ice cream was expensive but just to say i i get unlimited free ice cream would be a big milestone for me quality dairy Um, ice cream is the most underrated part of the michigan state university experience i will say that 100 we touch on this like every like once a quarter (laughs) like three four times a year but it just cannot be forgotten you get like nine scoops and every what fifth one is free. I don't know if they yeah. still have that, but Jesus, man, that was that was the best deal in East Lansing by a mile. Yeah. So quality dairy, I think, would be awesome. Uh, I think people in East Lansing would respect the heck out of it. People outside the area would probably not care at all. But um, that's probably where I'd start. Yeah, I would go. Um, I and I would even get really specific. I would go Crunchy's Pizza Nugs. Like nice. I, I don't want, I, I, well, I would want all of crunchies, but I would, I would specifically promote the pizza nugs. Um, that would be one for sure. Uh, the, I mean, any of the bars, the, the Riv, we spent a lot of time at the Riv. PT's was probably our go-to. So like if, if you could get me to promote uh half off Thursdays at PT's, we always went there instead of Rick's on Thursday because it was just objectively better. So I think, I think both of us would do a good job of promoting that because it was a product that we believed in, you know, I I think the, 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 the Rick's Thursdays, you know, was, was the big brand and the, the PT's half off Thursdays was like the, the local brand that's actually way better. Yeah. And if, if I'm like an actual star on the team, I'm probably just going to go into Spartan stadium and look at who's paying for like in stadium, like Meyer, right. I think would be Meyer, like a Holy Grail Lansing. endorsement. Um, yeah. So Tim Hortons like to promote themselves. Hort- oh and yeah. I, I could go I for free ice caps. Tim Hortons before. So I don't know if that like excludes me or something, but yeah, I spent a summer <laughs> slinging coffee and yeah. donuts. There we go. Um, uh, and yeah, there, I would do everything of, I could like, to get beer sold in the stadium. Right. If I could. Yeah. It's probably use, outside use the realm power. of NIL. <laughs> they, I think a lot of the guidelines the are saying like no alcohol, <laughs> no alcohol, no tobacco. Like there's, I think some guidelines around that. BYU came out with their, um, Oh Jesus. NIL rules. You can only and they're promote like milk. <laughs> you can only promote companies and products that, 
match with BYU's honor code, which is basically like the Mormon religion's honor code. So no like alcohol, tobacco, firearms, pornography, like the, those all make sense. But the one that a lot of people are chuckling at was coffee, right? Like you can't do a Starbucks endorsement because Starbucks is the devil as a, no, it's caffeine, man. You can't have caffeine in your system. Now we no, won't like get I'm, into that. I'm guessing we couldn't got, do like a Wild Bills tobacco ad right. or something. But. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's going to be an interesting world. Um, we'll see, like we said, kind of how it matures and where everybody takes it. I hope, um, like you said, if nothing else, these kids get a little beer money, yeah. a little money to There's send There's some home. good stories coming out. Like the one that I wanted to make sure I hit on because I don't know if a lot of people have heard about this. There's a there's a Marshall offensive lineman. So Marshall is, is out in the middle of nowhere in West Virginia. Um, and this guy's, uh, you, you can probably tell by his stage name. So he was a, he was a musician and he was going by the name Lucky Bill. Uh, so he was like a country music singer, guitar player, singer, songwriter, whatever. Um, and he was going under a stage name and performing at these bars. Um, but now because of name, image, and likeness, he can actually go out and perform under his own name, earn money from the bar that's willing to pay him. So that, that was like probably the best, like actual story, like not, not maybe not heartwarming, but the one that really just kind of made you smile is like, okay, you know, it's about time that somebody like that can just go out there and perform by his own name. Like, come on, man. It's, it's good to see some of this stuff. Yeah. So Long story short, we've got two NIL supporters on the Standing Room Spartans podcast. I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, Hopefully some of the, if they exist, some of the, it's going to ruin the sport folks will come to realize that, you know, it's just, it's a way to make these players have a little bit more control over their own destiny, have the rights to their own name and uh, just make their experience a little bit healthier. Um, And I'm sure the, before we get off this one of the while i'm on this topic um one of the biggest negatives was it's going to pull money away from the programs <laughs> and put it towards the players and if you're How in terrible. that camp just like unsubscribe <laughs> like if you really think alabama football is going to wither away because their players are getting a few thousand dollars and they're not getting that money i mean cry me a river by the way, uh, speaking of Alabama, Kool-Aid McKinstry somehow doesn't have a Kool-Aid sponsorship yet, which is mind-blowing. It's been wow. like 48 hours, Kool-Aid. What are we doing? Get that man on the payroll. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's that's a ludicrous take. There's plenty of money to go around, and I think they say college football's a couple billion-dollar industry. If you really think these massive mega programs are going to get sunk by this, then you're you're crazy. Yeah. Um, if the players are getting paid, it's a different conversation, but even then they'll probably be fine. Um, but we'll touch on that if, and when it ever happens. So that's all yeah. I have to say about NIL. Yeah. We'll wrap this thing up. Uh, I, I do have something to tease here. Got an interview somewhat lined up. I don't want to say the name yet because, uh, we haven't figured out an exact date and time, but we have nailed down the fact that we will be sitting down together. Uh, so very excited about that. A current Michigan State football player, a current Michigan State football starter. So a uh, little tease for the people there, hopefully coming out soon. Uh, other than that, yeah, follow on the socials, MSU, uh, Standing Room MSU on Twitter. Again, Standing Room MSU. Scott is at SpartanMartin18. 
Uh, follow on Instagram, Standing Room Spartans. Follow the website, standingroomspartans.com. Uh, I think that's about it. And we will let everybody get back to the maybe the tail end of your 4th of July weekend or maybe the, the start of your work week post 4th of July weekend. I uh, hope everybody was safe, healthy, happy, and all that fun stuff. So until next time, go green. Go white. Take care, folks.